Victoria Moore Blakeney, Performance Curator at Public Energy. Public Energy is a presenter of contemporary dance, theater, and performance located in Nogajiwanang, Peterborough, Canada. Public Energy is proud to launch Curator's Corner, our first ever podcast, featuring an inside look at contemporary performance. In Curator's Corner, I will interview artists to get a behind-the-scenes look at contemporary dance, theater, and interdisciplinary arts practices. Curator's Corner examines the urgency and motivation behind why artists make the work they do and what they can teach us about the world and ourselves. Today I'm speaking with Brian Solomon. Brian Solomon is a dance artist, and he is currently creating a performance piece titled Nogojiwanong, Rite of Spring. Brian is spending six weeks here in Nogojiwanong, Peterborough, working with community members of all ages from age 3 to 75 plus, creating a performance piece that will be performed on an Anishinaabe burial site, which is locally known as the Brock Street parking lot on October 19th and 20th. And I'm so looking forward to speaking with Brian today about his process and about what inspires him to create the work that he does. Hi, Brian. Uh, Ani, Bojo, Brian Indijnikas, Jibaunaning, Ndunjiba, Ani, Ani. It's been really special to have Brian in Peterborough, starting at the beginning of September, in Peterborough Nogojiwanang, I should say, uh, starting in the beginning of September until now, and then continuing on for another two weeks as a part of an artist-in-residence with Public Energy. And it's been a real honor and a learning experience for all of us to have to have you here, Brian. And Brian's been working in his residence with an arts engaged community engaged process you can tell us more about how you define your process Uh, i think the um current accepted academic term is a social inclusion project a a social inclusion project yeah um, but that sounds so gross eh? (laughs) (laughs) most academic terms sound pretty bad i Um, like the inclusive part inclusive part absolutely yeah but it makes it sound like that that's the, the goal. I guess it was a goal. It kind of lets you know where the rest of the arts are at. <laughs> when you have to name that this one, we're really trying to include everybody. Uh, we're creating a version of the Rite of Spring, Nagoji Wanong's Rite of Spring, here. And we name it that because it is the Rite of Spring that is here right now in Peterborough. I've done the project before in um, London, England, and it was Southeast London's Rite of Spring. So that's just indicating that it's it's unique to those people. And as I've created it, um, this is the third time I've done it. There is a kind of narrative that we follow that um, you can follow just in the music, the movements in the music of the Rite of Spring, but we have our own take on it. We're doing it at the Brock Street site, the Brock Street situation which is a parking lot and a burial ground, an Anishinaabe burial ground, which is situated on Brock Street between the Fresh Co, George Street, the Yes Emergency Youth Shelter, the Baptist Church. So for those of you who are listening and you don't know who Brian Solomon is, Brian Solomon is a dance artist, an artist in many forms. You can talk about that, Brian. Before we delve further into the project, well, it actually directly informs the project. So I am from a place, uh, Jibananing, which means safe canoe passage. You might also know it as being close to the Killarney Provincial Park. Some of the first 
real big massive colonizers in the area and I'm of Anishinaabe and Irish descent from this area. It's beautifully really small. I'm very fortunate to have grown up there in many ways. There is a road that connects the community that was only um, built 20 years before I was born. So there's a lot of traditional ways of life that uh, I got to partake in and witness as a child. The downside to that is, you know, it's um, it's not incorporated with a larger reservation. So there's a lot of larger cultural teachings that I had to go and seek out. Hmm. But it kind of fell off of people's radar as this little Jesuit missionary um, mm. settlement. The first Jesuit missionaries in the area uh, set up shop there before it was called Killarney. And before they set up shop in um, Wikwimacon. If you're familiar with um, the ruined site there of the missionaries. And because it was off of people's radar a little bit, they stopped taking people to residential school a little bit earlier than they did in other places. So there's a lot of land practices that people were able to engage with a bit longer than um, other First Nations communities in the area. There was a lot of independence and a lot of self-sufficiency. So we really lived in part off the land. It really um, eased a lot of slight poverty that my family could have seen and in a lot of other families could have seen in the area. And that's really the base for my inspiration. When I look at people who've lived their whole lives there, their bodies could bear the stresses of our background, our mixed colonial background up there, and other things that afflict sort of half-breeds and indigenous people like diabetes and alcoholism and that sort of thing. And you really see it on the body, but at the same time, um, these are bodies that still hunt, still work the land, still fish, and a lot of them right up until their old age. And um, there's a freedom there that when I became interested in dance. I, I started being interested in visual art because that was the only thing I could really get my hands on there as a child. And later in high school in Sudbury, uh, Ontario, I, I really started to fall in love with dance. And uh, then came to Toronto to, to study um, formal dance, concert dance. And in that time, and in formal training as well, like it, it really, it's like you're trying to get people to move as though they were kids. Or you're trying to get people to move as my people do in the bush mm -hmm. <laughs> to become a professional dancer. And um, that just sort of stuck around in my head for about a decade, that there's, there's this real disconnect and that in, in mm. concert dance, in ballet and contemporary and mm -hmm. jazz and all those forms, what people are really doing is getting people to communicate with their bodies and have their bodies be mobile the way a child's mm -hmm. is. Mm -hmm. And... That's a huge um, source of inspiration for me, why I like working with untrained dancers. Mm -hmm. It's something that I can measure for myself as a real tangible thing that I can do in my life to help the world. So a lot of what we're doing in these workshops that are leading up to mm -hmm. um, the Rite of Spring is we're indigenizing the body. You could sometimes think of it as, as decolonizing the body, but that word is, is sometimes overused now. Um, and in indigenizing the body, that's not something that's exclusive to indigenous people. We're looking to provide the things for the body that it desires to have in mm -hmm. its natural state. Mm -hmm. And our natural states now are in a post-colonial world, mm -hmm. um, in, a, in, a, 
kind of mainstream Western world as I sit here talking with you mm -hmm. in a chair mm -hmm. with a computer screen. That's right. With a bunch of knobs that looks like ground yep. control. All hunched over <laughs> our microphones over. here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. This isn't... Um, it's the trajectory of the world, and mm -hmm. there's benefits to that. Other people mm -hmm. can hear me beyond this room. Yeah. The downside to that is it's not kind on, on my body, mm -hmm. um, and it's not kind to either parts of my ancestral body. That mm -hmm. is Nishnabek, but also that's Irish and yeah. white. This, even for somebody who is white and born in the Western world, was not natural for your body, mm -hmm. um, this setting, just a hundred years ago, yeah. even. Yeah, and you, you talk about that and have written about that, this idea of helping people reclaim the space that their bodies occupy. And I should mention, too, for, for those of you listening, that Brian has been working twice a week, Wednesdays and Thursday evenings, at Artspace with a group of about 30 to 40 people from Nogajiwanong, Peterborough, to help do just that, I believe, reclaim their bodies. Yeah. And th these, are, these are folks from ages, I think, three three to 75 in that range. So can you tell us about what that process has been like, what that's revealed for you and yeah. maybe revealed for some of the participants? Absolutely. Well, we're, we're working in this way and uh, that's actually what the training has been to lead to this performance where we're just asking these questions of ourselves in, in various meditations and then exercises. You know, how um, how do I tap into the intelligence in this very ancient body our bodies are very ancient i'm not 33 years old i'm 33 million <laughs> years old yeah and that information is there and mm -hmm. uh it supersedes any technology that's here now so we um mm. with the group we just spend time with our senses our eyes our nose our mouth our ears our touch and maybe the notion of a sixth sense you know um how does your body navigate through space what does it feel uh, beyond the uh, immediate use of these senses? And having such a mixed group, we, we opened it up, public energy, um, as an invitation to anybody. Mm -hmm. So I had no idea, aside from my um, chosen collaborators that mm -hmm. are in the piece, who would be in the room. And we're very fortunate to have that age group mm -hmm. that you mentioned. Mm -hmm. um, having children in the room, it's incredible because it's, it's a prime example of where we were, all of us, at one point. Mm -hmm. um, their bodies uh, have, have yet to uh, wear the stresses of a contemporary urban life. Yes. And yeah. hours of sitting in chairs in yeah. school for the first 14 years of your mm -hmm. schooling. Um, they're less socialized. Yeah. And have you seen a, a transformation with with people with those bodies from the very first workshop that they walked into to now? Oh. Does it come out in the form of confidence or centeredness? Or how would you describe it? Uh, there's been absolutely a transformation. And it's really, um, there's some visual indicators, mm -hmm. which could be a type of groundedness. Mm -hmm. But the larger indicators are the ones that they would just reveal personally what mm. people sort of tell me before or after the sessions wow. like wow all week i've really been thinking about this thing this notion we've done lots of exercises too much to to mention um but waking up our feet 
is mm -hmm. one. The concept of, which I've learned from Margaret Grenier, a Gitsan dancer on the West Coast, the idea of walking on the ground as though you're walking on your mother. That alone, mm -hmm. that's enough to think about for a couple years. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's so powerful. I've, I've had the pleasure of attending a number of Brian's <laughs> workshops and I still think about that. My my mother passed away about just over a year ago and, and I think of, of honoring her when I walk and what that means, yeah. Has it been just over a year? Yeah. That's, uh, mm -hmm. for us, we really measure the year um, mm -hmm. as a big thing. Mm -hmm. We say they stay with us for a year and then it's time to, so you give yourself that year to really be with it. And it's, uh, it's a lot to think about. It's really, it's hard to describe how, um, how we're working together and training things, but mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's these notions um, as well as physical practice that get people to be embodied mm -hmm. and able to do um, a long dance piece, a 40-minute dance piece. And there's different schools of thought. The more accepted one with physical practice is to learn things through repetition. Right. You know, do this over and over and over, and then mm -hmm. and then you'll have it. Mm -hmm. You know, you'll, you're, you're, you'll have this muscle memory. In Western or Eurocentric dance training, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, and... For me, I see all of these inherent problems in something like that. There's no connection to why your body needs to move. Your body needs to move, and it needs to move in certain ways until you die, or mm -hmm. your quality of life mm -hmm. um, is, is really going to substantially suffer. So that idea of walking on the earth, mm -hmm. walking on Turtle Island, North mm -hmm. America, as though it is your mother, mm -hmm. and she is our mother. She's holding us. She's given us everything. What that does to your to your body is you're you're not gonna trample around on your mother's body. You're gonna yeah. walk um, gently, but you mm -hmm. still have to walk on her. Mm -hmm. So you're gonna place your weight very thoughtfully, and placing your weight thoughtfully mm -hmm. and thinking of the land as your mother, including the concrete, especially the concrete, will make you be gentle to your body, mm -hmm. which yeah. is also land. Yeah, it's the only land you you actually have is the landscape of. Yeah. your body. So getting people to wrestle with these yeah. ideas actually allows them to become embodied people, whole people, mm -hmm. the way we see with children. A child can run and jump and play and fall, but you'll see there's a lightness mm -hmm. <clears throat> to them. There's they're already walking on the earth as though they're walking on their mother. They don't yeah. need to be taught it. Mm-hmm. I had, uh, it, this is reminding me of a, a real breakthrough moment I had in one of your workshops, which was I've never been able to squat ever my entire life. Anytime it's come up, I'm always on my tippy toes and the heels are up. And then in this one workshop, I think I cried out to you because I had for the first time ever squatted just the way little kids do, sort of bummed down and feet out. And that was after only three workshops of working in this embodied way. So that was really exciting. So I can only imagine those um, people that are going through the full six-week mm. workshop process with you, the various moments they're having within their own bodies of, of things that are releasing or stretching or moving or um, feeling different and they're feeling different inside their bodies and sort of the impact of that is something that'll outlast even when you sadly leave leave us here and go and head back to Toronto. I want to mention because I haven't yet for for people listening that Brian's work, Noguchi Wanong, Rite of Spring, is going to be happening on October 19th and 20th at the Anishinaabe burial site which is also known in Peter 
Greensboro as the Brock Street parking lot at 6 p.m. on Thursday and Friday next week. (laughs) And we hope that you can all join us there for this really, really important work. And I feel really honored to have been able to have you here, um, Brian, for, for... this amount of time and to have the impact in the community that you've had. Brian's also been, you've also been giving workshops in various community organizations in the city. Mm-hmm. So the Nogojiwanong Friendship Center, the Loft, the Youth Drop-In, the uh, Yes Shelter for Youth and Families, as well as uh, the New Canadian Center. I know we don't, we don't have a ton of time, but can you tell us a little bit of sort of maybe something that has come out of that for you? Ah, uh, well, you know, there's a real... Peterborough, there's a real excitement here as a community. For me personally, I'm I'm quite interested in it because there is a strong First Nations presence, which you don't get in a lot of uh, central and southern Ontario communities. And within the general settler presence, there's a real hunger for community here. Speaking with John, the AD of Art Space. In his time here, he was attributing some of that to the time um, of the factories closing and this real um, situation here could be something that contributes to people forming a, a stronger community. Mm. But that was evident in, um, in, 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 in all of my time here just as a human being mm-hmm. um, engaging mm-hmm. with other Indigenous artists here. Mm-hmm. Um, but also there's, there's a real hunger for creating a richer community, a progressive one, mm-hmm. one that's in motion, mm-hmm. one that's encompassing a lot of new ideas. Like even with the, yeah. the um, Brock Street mm-hmm. site, not a lot of people are aware of it. And they're very excited to be aware of it, the people that have yeah. mentioned mm-hmm. it too. And we will have an elder present before each show to mm-hmm. give some teachings on the site. I think the real treat for you know, there's indigenous people in the process, but especially for um, the settlers that are participants mm-hmm. and performers in um, the show, I think it's an opportunity for people to really sink into their relationship to space, the space that holds them up, the land that holds them up. Mm-hmm. And what's right there that might not meet the eyes. But I mean, uh, you know, if, if you think about it in this full circle way, that the things that are buried there... Mm-hmm are from people who have been caring for this land since time immemorial. Yeah. And this would not be a community if the Anishinaabe had not made it a community first. Mm-hmm. And and whether you are aware of it or not, you're mm-hmm. you are receiving the benefit for that. So mm-hmm. that site is of course incredibly special for an indigenous person, but special in a different way for somebody who's a settler. And mm-hmm. I really hope that people who are non-Indigenous begin to go there and pray for that spot and really consider their relationship to to place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As, a, as a settler, <coughs> it's certainly changed my relationship to, to that site. And I think just the, the impact of knowing that an Anishinaabe person is buried in that site and there's a parking lot paved over it and what that that does the sort of impact that has and this idea of what does it mean then to envision this space in a different way the way you are coming in and and giving us all an opportunity to see through new eyes and what that means yeah so i just want to thank you so much oh, for for coming for to here and spending uh, spending this time with us and and to all those who are participating in nogojiwanang rite of spring and the nogojiwanang friendship center hoop dancers who will also be yeah. joining at, in the performance um we're Beanie really thrilled John to have you all a, a group 
that she's been teaching um, out there and um, they're opening the performance for us with all their good energy and good spirits um, mm-hmm. so it's mm-hmm. gonna be a really exciting couple of days mm-hmm. thank you again brian so much curator's corner is a production of public energy public energy is artistic producer bill kimball performance curator and podcast host victoria moore blakeney and myself eva fisher the administrator and podcast producer We'd like to thank Rob Fortan, who composed and performed our theme music, which is also performed by Susan Newman and M. Glasspool. Excerpts from Stravinsky's Rite of Spring were recorded by L'Orchestre de la Suisse Romande in 1957. 